0: This is Isaiah Likely and you're listening to a roster watch.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to go visit Underdog Fantasy right now using promo code ROSTER for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. They still have the Best Ball Mania tournament going on right now where there's $2 million up top, $1 million to second place, $1 million to the first place finisher for in-season. Just an unbelievable contest. And so happy to have those guys as partners this summer. Again, use promo code ROSTER for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. The official Best Ball Partner of roster watch is underdog fantasy. Again, use promo code roster. Okay. Joining us today, a great, a great, great friend of the program. Great, great friend of all of roster watch nation. I can't believe it. Raf, whenever I was thinking about it, I, I was going to say, he, you've heard him on the, you've definitely heard him on Sirius XM in the mornings on Roto baller radio. You've heard him on the weekends on Roto radio. I was going to say, you've definitely heard him on the pod. I'm not sure you've been on the pod. You've been on our radio show before. I'm not sure yeah. you've been on the podcast. 5, five I have not Almost 500 episodes and no wrath or I mean what the what, what the hell's going on around here, man? Things have gone crazy.
0: Better late than never, but yeah, it's it's an honor to be part of this. Uh you guys are legends in the game, as we say. So, yeah.
1: Just happy to be here today, man. So you guys, again, they uh, you've you, you've heard Raf and his crew um, uh, with the Roto Baller guys on uh, the early mornings on SiriusXM. They're on every day, and then I'm sure Raf, uh, you know, right now it's really tough with the scheduling up at the channel at SiriusXM Fantasy Sports because <coughs> we do have a new program director and some things kind of up in up in the air. But I'm sure you guys left some weekend or some game day stuff that if they follow you on Twitter at Real Talk Raf. I'm sure you'll be keeping people updated with what it is you're doing, but I think suffice it to say you'll be hearing a good amount of the Roto Baller boys again this year over there on the channel. As as far as what you're doing over at rotoballer.com, why don't you let the people know anything you have with draft kits, you know, DFS, what is it you guys are promoting right now as we get into the heart of draft season? Thank you,
0: brother. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we are basically rocking and rolling just like you and a lot of other companies are right now. Um, You can hear us on Sirius XM, like you said, uh, Basically six, seven days a week, different hours. Check Twitter for that. But yeah, at rotoballer.com, you can get involved with our premium draft kit. The best update for this year is the uh, Team Sync uh, that we have going on. So lots of great tools. And uh, you can definitely check it out. It's 50% off right now as the season's coming in. So um, just go to rotoballer.com and hit the premium section. You'll, you'll see it all there.
1: 50% off last time I checked. That's, that's quite a discount. That's, I believe that that's half off.
0: expiring milk as they say we got to get that
1: preseason content out there brother (laughs) all right man all right so 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 speaking of the content let's let's give the listeners the content that they want they they want the takes on these players and they want them for real talk rap uh i i want to talk jets with you just first off because there have been a few storylines with the jets and maybe this one i mean look i saw this on roto world yesterday I, i i think it's kind of burying the lead did not talk about the Michael Carter Brees hall stuff first, but I, I I do want to talk about Garrett Wilson first because uh, there was the, uh, the article in the, the athletic with Zach Rosenblatt, where he said, uh, Garrett Wilson, the pride of my neighborhood here on the beautiful shores of Lake Travis, Texas. Um, he's, he's, he's made a bad habit of following up highlight reel catches with bad drops throughout camp. And I, I just wonder if that was something that, I mean, it's certainly like, I, you know, on the radio show last night, we kind of said, like, look, if you look back at the profiles that we wrote about Garrett Wilson, it was like kind of like the secret thing that nobody really wanted to talk about in his profile, that there were the drops at Ohio State, even coming into his final year. Uh, super, super athletic dude. But it I mean, it doesn't feel like there's been the steady drumbeat for Garrett Wilson, the same way that there's been for some of the other rookies in the class, namely, you know, Chris Olave." Um, of course, George Pickens, you know, and some of these other guys who we might not have expected as much out of, even like Romeo Dubs and stuff like that up in up in Green Bay. It doesn't feel like Garrett Wilson. I mean, he certainly hasn't had like a Traylon Burks type of you know disaster uh preseason. Um, and the jury's still very much out as far as Traylon Burks. we're certainly not here to bury that guy, but it it doesn't feel like there's been too too much um You know, super, super, super positive buzz out of Garrett Wilson. I know that you're in Florida now, but you still follow the Jets really, really closely. Uh, Have I just been missing it? Maybe, you know, have I been missing it? Just not being as super plugged into the team as you have. And what's your read on Garrett Wilson, how this thing's going to play out?
0: You know, it's interesting because uh, I personally have found the Jets to have squandered a lot of early round draft capital in the last five, six years. I mean, if you really look back at what the Jets have done on offense, on defense, There's been nothing but busty there. It's bust, 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 bust. I mean, there's been a couple of players that have emerged. And so this season, when you look at Garrett Wilson, you're like, wow, that's a real all pro caliber type of talent. Lots of speed, lots of potential coming out of Ohio State. But you look at the Jets depth chart. They have established wide receivers that honestly are not slouchy themselves like Corey Davis under like Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback would be a freaking all pro wide receiver likely I mean he would be at least a WR2 plus in fantasy and then you look at some of the other potential on this roster and like I've been saying this for a long time like I know Denzel Mims wants out he's a bust but Elijah Moore to me like I don't know what he needs to prove to people fantasy owners Mm -hmm. Jets fans like I'm not sure why there's a disconnect between his greatness his potential for a PPR monster type of season for you like Rashad Bateman, why don't you like yourself some Elijah Moore? Because everyone keeps telling me, oh, Garrett Wilson's in town. So Elijah Moore's finished. Here's my take on this. Elijah Moore and Corey Davis aren't going anywhere. And the Jets have a crappy quarterback situation. It doesn't matter who's the quarterback. It's awful. Yeah, Zach Wilson's a bust for me. I'm sorry. I'm just calling it what it is. And the reality is, is that until proven otherwise with quarterback play, there's just not enough room in this offense to make three receivers fantasy viable. So what are you going to do, force feed Garrett Wilson the ball in lieu of Corey Davis, who you paid, and Elijah Moore, who was a breakout last year in a bad circumstance? No, you're not. And then you also have Brees Hall and Michael Carter. You're not. So everyone needs to temper their expectations on a year one Garrett Wilson. I mean, there will be attrition over time in his career where he'll become the primary guy. I'm not too worried about the drops. There are other players that shockingly have that that problem as well in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But I am worried about the – target funnel how many of those you're going to see per game is it consistent the answer to that is no it's not going to be consistent so no one like this is not an alpha receiver out of the gate type of situation i'm sorry not in the jet system
1: well well, you make a good point raf and byron and i were arguing about this about you know he was saying you know he's still kind of standing up for Traylon burks and he's saying like hey we got all these shitty reports about jamar chase and all this and i was like well it was different because jamar chase couldn't come into camp and Not be able to breathe, and at least he was like he was out there practicing, and you know it was like uh, with Traylon Burks, it's been just it's been bizarre stuff, you know. This Garrett Wilson stuff with the drops, you know, stuff about acclimating to the NFL game, maybe having the athleticism to to do everything, but just not having it all completely line up on all cylinders right off the bat. That to me sounds a lot more like Garrett Wilson. So I mean, it's clearly the jury's still out on the guy. He has all the talent in the world, but I think you're right about Elijah Moore. And before I want to talk, ask you about this kind of Michael Carter stuff and the Brees Hall stuff. Just how do you stack up some – because because you mentioned in vis-a-vis uh, Rashad Bateman, right? And I think that you did because obviously those guys are sandwiched together pretty closely via ADP. I mean, at least in PPRs, I'm looking at our cheat sheet. These guys are virtually back-to-back. Um, how do you – how do you like, can you help me with parsing out how you see this group? Let's just say specifically Elijah, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman – Gabriel Davis and Juju Smith-Schuster. Is there is, is there any one of those guys that stands at the very top to you, any one that stands at the very bottom, or any way you could kind of parse out those guys? Because I feel like a lot of people are going to be drafting this weekend and weekends coming up. They're going to be there in that you know fifth, sixth-round pick, and they're going to be st- probably sixth round, and they're going to be staring down a barrel of those players. You know, Do you have a way that you would go or uh, anything that you would suggest to them?
0: Yeah, it's a fair point, and I'm going to very much oversimplify this. I hope you all don't think that this is just gratuitous advice. This is real talk. <laughs> you're going to go with the best quarterback that you're attached to first. That's how you're going to start delineating where you want to pick and choose with these receivers. And the second thing you're going to do is, is think who's been in the league, who's been established, and why are we going to tout them? Like, Juju minus the injuries – We forget that even alongside AB, he was like a W one WR one A type of player with a high volume passing attack. We're three
1: years away. We're three years out, Raph, of him being the number one uh, player in dynasty. It's just, (laughs) and And he came into the league super young. People forget that about
0: him too, right? Like Byron. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, Uh, Alex. You think like for one (laughs) (laughs) second, for one second, you 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 have to remind yourself that Juju is not toast. I mean, he's young and he's attached to Pat Mahomes. now. Uh, how bad could that be? Here's the problem that I have with the rest of the team, the rest of the players in that, in that list, Rashad Bateman. I'm not as big of a fan as other people because two reasons. Number one, he's attached to Lamar Jackson and I'm just like, Lamar Jackson's not a prolific passer. He's a mm-hmm. prolific athlete. We're going to have to see what prolific passer looks like. I don't even think he's ever eclipsed 4k in the passing totals. And so, yeah, there's opportunity awaiting, but, you know, this is not really like the type of situation that I want to put my, plant my flag over Juju Smith-Schuster. And then the other problem with Elijah Moore, and really the main problem is, is that it's still the Jets quarterbacking situation. You're still going to have a lot of these question marks about that. So guess what? Gabriel Davis, to me, last year did enough to prove especially now with vacated targets that he's number two on that list. He's attached to either the first or second best quarterback in fantasy football this year. You decide in terms of ability and overall skills. So it's hard to discount Gabe Davis on a breakout behind, uh, you know, put him behind Rashad Bateman or Elijah Moore. Like those guys may break out or have further breakout potential, but Gabe Davis has like WR two plus potential every week. And that's going to be a high power offense. Casey's going to be a high power offense. Why would we... Just put our flag, plant it somewhere. Where just for fun, we're gonna say, "Yeah, I like these guys better." I need to understand where the better is coming from. Right? To me, the
1: quarterbacks is what makes these receivers. No, I I, I get it, and that's a good point. And sometimes, dude, sometimes, Raph, it's like we get. I mean, I, I don't think the listeners will think that's oversimplified because sometimes we get too into the minutia. We got to just step back and just <laughs> step back and just realize stuff for what it is. And you're right; it's you know th- those offenses are certainly better. And Gabe Davis, man, sure looked really, really beastly on that big touchdown catch last week in the preseason game. Uh, what, what about the, okay, so there was the news that came out from Rich Semini, who I think, I don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put words in your mouth. I, I would think you would agree that as far as Jets beat, I, I don't trust hardly any, I, there are very few beat reporters I trust, but I mean, as far as the Jets, I mean, Rich semini has been around there for a while. I mean, he's, he certainly has sources around the team, if nothing else. And, you know, he wrote yesterday that Michael Carter is still the RB1 for the Jets. And to me, it's like, does that, uh, does that, you know, does that matter to you? Because, I mean, there's some kind of proof in that. I mean, Michael Carter did get to sit while Brees Hall had to play some preseason snaps. Uh, I did, you know, whenever I asked um, Joe Douglas at the at the combine, you know, his, you know, his feelings about Michael Carter. I just I couldn't believe, you know, we got to, you know, just this effusive. Praise of a guy that was so proud of this draft pick that he made, and you know, a guy that he loved so very much. Clearly, you know, since he's talked about how a guy like Brees Hall can take a, you know, take the football and score at any point, uh, things like that. I wonder, is this gonna be? I mean, to me, I've always figured that this was gonna I mean maybe a 50-50 split to start, but Brees Hall was just gonna completely take over. And have I been sort of overshooting my expectations initially for this? And might it be a little bit of a longer wait before Brees Hall takes over if indeed, you know, he if indeed that is to occur? It's very important that
0: we contextualize this. I don't disagree with you that the long-term Archetype at RB1 for the Jets should be Brees Hall. But, like, let's not discount what Michael Carter did last year and let's not discount what he can bring to the table and let's not discount the fact that most NFL teams know better than to make a rookie running back into an 80% opportunity share guy or a super workhorse right out of the gate. Let's not discount the fact that if you arbitrage the rankings that we have at Rotoballer or I'm sure anywhere else that you look in in ADP even, um, you could just bypass Brees Hall and really, like, at that RB17-ish slot. And you're looking all the way down, dude. Michael Carter, I mean, he's, like, 399 at RB47, 13th round range. Like, Brian Robinson, before we clearly saw the change, there was, like, that range where you're you're looking at him and you're thinking, like, I'm not going to draft Rashad White. I don't care about him. I'm not going to draft Ronald Jones. I don't care about him. But you're looking at that, like, range. Michael Carter, he could have a say in it this year. I mean, he really
1: could. And mm-hmm. so...
0: RB three flex RB out of the gate is not out of the question for Michael Carter guys. It's just not, it's just not.
1: And so, and so I mean, at ADP, it's clear that you prefer Michael Carter to Brees Hall, even given Brees Hall's upside. I, I unfortunately do not
0: draft running backs. I have not done one draft yet this year where the, the Brees Hall range is where I'm getting my running backs. I'm just, it's, I'm tant, I'm tap dancing around that round range and their receivers being pulled off the board for me there. And that's the way it's been going. I'm not saying I'll have zero shares of him, and we still got a couple of weeks, a week and a half, whatever to, to, to draft. But like, I'm not, I'm not out of my way going ahead, going ahead and taking Brees Hall. I'm also not drafting Zeke and J.K. Dobbins and, and Travis Etienne in that same range. I'm not going out of my way for any of those
1: guys. The 2022 Roster Watch cheat sheet is available now at RosterWatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is back only at RosterWatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch cheat sheet. All you have to do is follow the three simple rules. That's it, three rules, guys. It couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch cheat sheet. An expert quality draft is always guaranteed. The Roster Watch cheat sheet. It's only at rosterwatch.com. Okay, well, let's just stick on that because I I, I do understand you know foregoing those kinds of players. To I, because here's the thing after you you get through the first tier of Cooper Cup Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase at wide receiver you know Byron would contend that there's a small uh, you know kind of a mini tier just of Devonte Adams by himself I'm not sure you know I, I think that Devonte Adams Ceedee Lamb Stephon Diggs are sort of kind of the next you know little tier after that but then at, you know after that you get maybe another kind of mini tier of Tyreek Hill. You know, you could consider A.J. Brown and Mike Evans sort of in that in that group. But then I just think once you get down to Debo Samuel, when you bring in the regression he's going to have, like the Keenan Allen's of the world, Michael Pittman's T. Higgins, D.J. Moore. I don't see that much difference between all these guys. And then whenever I just get down to even like the kind of tier after that, which starts out with, at least for me, the Brandon Cooks types and the Sutton's and the, you know, the Waddles and just the rest of this stuff, i I love. Drafting wide receivers through that area, i think what you're saying though is typically you are being it feels like what you're saying is you're being like ardently no quote unquote dead zone running backs for you it's like third round on right whereas for me it's like i mean do you, do you not consider like what about like James Conner? Do you consider any James Conner? Do you just not get him because of how, how, yeah. How, I like okay. James Conner
0: more than most, but it's the profile of his injury scared me a little bit, but like attached to that offense and proving what he could do. And he's just a man. I'm, I'm happy with him. I'm not getting him though. And, and you kind of nailed that. Like here's the thing with receivers, right? Yes. They're not as sexy maybe as those running backs that we're talking about in that same range. But what you're going to get is, consistency those are all alpha type receivers that maybe aren't the number one in their offense or maybe are coming backwards but most of them are attached to either good quarterbacks or systems that are going to need to pass for negative game script purposes and overall in fantasy football if you look at the landscape consistency is coming way more cleanly at wide receiver right now than it is at running back for a whole slew of reasons but I cannot sit here and promise you that some of these running backs either won't break down or lose opportunity share because the incumbent is just waiting and fresh and so or has proven themselves like Tony Pollard. So I'm not really – I'm just looking at consistency. And in the NFL right now, targets and and that type of stuff is way more easy for me to project than opportunity share. Opportunity share is more fluid, whereas targets are not. If you're healthy and you have a system role – you're going to get targets and if you have a negative game script you're going to get even more targets so I, I just i'm leaning in ppr right now to those receivers and the way i draft it's almost always uh wide receiver right now in the first round unless i haven't not had that yet honestly and i've drafted like 30k
1: 40k leagues uh hold for on first, well, 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 i mean well, what if you what if you have the first or second pick are you still going wide receiver yeah i'm going wide receiver what are you doing cup cup jefferson what are you doing i have cup
0: in the uh, top three um yeah i could i could take either i'm not saying that that the running back is not better but the construct for my preference right now this year is to get that non-injury prone or highly consistent wide receiver in round one honestly a little shy with jamar chase but okay i'm not looking at stefan Diggs as as like a, a big juicy steak but like okay but like there are certain circumstances where i would probably take a running back depending on the value in the first but my drafts are looking like wide receiver rbrb and so right after that in the fourth fifth plus i'm pounding some more receivers there so that's just the construct of how i've been drafting will i finish in last place in all my leagues this year probably not based on track track <laughs>
1: i, 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 I kind of doubt it <laughs> but,
0: you know but a couple years ago it was the opposite like i was adamant about rb Wide receiver, wide receiver, or RB, and then three wide receivers. I had a whole slew of different ways to go about it. Man, this year, I'm like pretty adamant it's worked out really well in the drafts that I've taken. A wide receiver first, pounded two running backs, and then gone back to that wide receiver well. So that's why I'm missing those RBs in that fourth and fifth round range.
1: Okay, so so I mean, so there and, and, you know, it's different. We get so used to I mean, like you said, you know, guys like you and me, we play so many of these of these underdog drafts and we play so many of this and and best ball is just different than managed leagues. When we talk about guys, fourth and fifth rounders and like to us, that's like talking about the Cam Akers and sometimes the Connors and the Zeke Elliott's and uh, these kinds of guys. Those guys go in the third round of managed leagues of our home leagues and our office leagues, what people are going to be drafting in this weekend. That's like it's kind of more in there so I'm I'm just assuming like you're I mean guys you know you've talked about the quarterback you've talked about the office you talked about the surrounding cast I'm assuming you're off of David Montgomery I'm assuming you're off I am last okay. year I had
0: him in two places paid off yeah. but not this year okay this
1: year. Uh, um, and then I just based on the your construct I'm assuming you're off of Cam Akers it's funny I ended up with Cam
0: Akers in the third round third round in our HOFL league and uh Lenny Fournette as our RB one I guess in the second round it was a bit early, but if you look at the construct of that team, it's not hurting me. And like if if Cam Akers if Cam Akers is a 55 to 60% opportunity share player this year, let's call it 55, let's just be fair. He's going to still be an RB2 and like what do I need out of my third pick and my second RB? I need an RB2. Yeah, it'd be nice to have an RB1, but I'm not scared of being attached to McVay's offense and really like this guy's still young. Everyone's injury prone at running back. Everyone if they're not yet, they will be. I promise.
1: So, all right. So, so, Raf, if if you're going with, um, if you're going with an approach where it's kind of, it sounds like you kind of like to go with an anchor kind of RB sort of. I I don't view use a zero RB zealot. No, or I never
0: do that. But no. but
1: like, it feels like you're going more anchor RB. They're calling that kind of stuff hero RB now. I, I I've always said like anchor RB. I think is a good way to put it. it so if if you're going with that, like there's got to be preferences that you have farther down the draft. As we get into these seventh round, eighth round, whenever we're looking for upside at running back, we've talked about this all the time at this point, you know, with these running backs, you know, you're going to be hunting for upside with these guys. And so are there any that stand out to you that you find yourself getting a a lot of, I mean, are you waiting till you get down to that? feels like the eighth round is a is in managed leagues is really, really good territory because you, you got guys like, Rashad Penny—that's fall. I mean, Clyde Clyde Edwards-Williams falls to the seventh or eighth round. I mean, and and I I know everybody hates him, but he's still the starter for the Chiefs. Um, The you know Rashad Penny is going there. Now we got all the 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 Kenny Walker stuff. You got guys like Melvin Gordon, who looks like he's going to be splitting reps with the dude who's going in the two-three turn and Javante Williams pretty evenly. Damian Pierce is coming on as a guy who we just love at, at. Roster watching, who's looked really, really good. There's a bunch of like Cordell Patterson's going around there. uh you, you mentioned Pollard earlier, and then in the next couple rounds, you get guys like Ramondre Stevenson or Chase Edmonds and J- James Robinsons coming back. I mean, there there's some guys like, or I mean, we talk about Michael Carter. He's even later. Guys like James Cook, Singletary, the Buffalo Bills guys. Like, uh, are there any of those Singletary. guys? Are there any of those guys that I mentioned that sort of stand out to you that you find yourself getting a, a good amount of, or even yeah. more than one of them?
0: Yeah it's it's you you named it last and i'll see if you're cringing and if anyone else is fine i'm gonna still attach myself to proven performance and the best uh quarterback and the best systems in 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 the the game i don't know how devin singletary became such a a cheap investment for drafters right now i just don't understand uh, i may be drinking it too hard the mm kool-aid and i understand that there's an incumbent there but it's not a full incumbent they are going to have separate roles Devin Singletary was an RB two plus to finish out the year. And it wasn't just like a couple games. Like the bills offense shifted now. Yeah, it was winter, but the bills offense started to understand that leveraging a high capacity running back, high efficiency running back. It doesn't have to be the fastest running back just has to be efficient is going to make their all around offense better. And I quite frankly do not understand how Devin Singletary is being drafted behind miles Sanders in some places, even behind Rashad Penny, who I love, by the way. But
1: it's hard for me to do that, man. Like, Devin Singletary, the reports are still good. He's still running well. Well, well, and the usage has been... I mean, you've seen the preseason games. He's the starter. Uh, James Cook is a backup. Like, uh, Zach Moss... Rotates in, and that's gonna that's gonna be a little bit. Of that I think that's I think the fact that Zach Moss looks like he's gonna be around that kind of put the cooler on Singletary a little bit. But what what put the big cooler on him is that everybody. Uh, I mean, there are there are a lot of people that have James Cook is their RB three as far as the rookies this year. You know, but if you look at it, it's like the Bills. If you look at the snaps when Josh Allen and the starting offensive line is in the game, Devin Singletary is in the goddamn game. Like it, it is, it is, it like it's, it's not James Cook. James Cook comes in afterwards, like a backup. So I, you know, I, I'm not sure that that's going to continue. I, I do feel like James Cook is talented. They drafted him for a reason. They were sniffing around J.D. McKissick for a reason. You know, they, they were looking for a profile of a guy that be could be complimentary. And so whenever people, you know, they thought maybe look, if we're hoping for things to pick up for Devin Singletary in the receiving game. We've been kneecapped on this because they try to go after McKissick when they couldn't get him. They're so adamant on. It not being Singletary, that they go out and they draft a the guy who's actually real good, a guy who everybody likes. So uh, I think that's probably why people are down on him. But it's like you said, Raph, he's a starter in an office. It's going to be down by the goal line a, a, a good bit. And towards the end of last season, I mean, we do this is another thing from the combine. Yes, Brandon Bean about this guy. And uh, he just says that he's just. Um, You know, he's like a locker room leader and stuff. And I know that's like that's stuff we don't really think about in fantasy. But for these NFL, we got to think about how these NFL teams view these guys and how they kind of view them within the constructs of what they're trying to put as their on-field product. They like having those kinds of guys on on the field who the rest of the guys in the locker room all kind of like.
0: Yeah, and I'll just continue down this. I completely agree. Like the thing with Devin Singletary, which has made him cheap, which I'm going to keep saying, you just keep pounding it if you need to. He didn't eclipse a thousand yards on the ground last year. And so like when you go into projecting projection models, it's hard to say, well, he hasn't done it yet. So I'm not going to put him there this year, but he had a career high 4.6. He had a career high 40 catches last year and he was RB 24 for the season. And it wasn't like he did it all year. Like Devin Singletary came on so strong that he saved his RB two status back end RB two status. What do you think is going to happen if it's. All year, and also like I've heard this Moss story before. Like, I don't care about that. Like he already has been put to bed, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, he'll vult- vulture one or two touchdowns. But what he's there for is in case Devin Singletary gets injured. Let's be honest.
1: Right. No. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it like. It it wouldn't be surprising if he's a game day inactive for week one, the same way he was last year. So for sure. We, we, we've been down that road before. All right, Raf, I got, I got the two big questions for you that I told you about before the show, but before I just want to ask you one other thing Um, and not for best ball, like, like 20 round drafting best ball, but maybe for managed leagues, the one that you've done, the ones you've done so far, is there one player be it running back, whatever wide receiver, Let's just say running backs or wide receivers that you find yourself taking that maybe at at the very, very end who are just usually available, who you find yourself taking. I'll give you an example for like for me. Generally, I I always love it at the very end when guys like um, Isaiah McKenzie or uh, Paris Campbell. Um, sometimes Nico Collins. There's my guy right there. You just named him. Okay. So, I mean, I was just going to ask you, are there any guys like that that you see at the end of drafts and maybe they're not on that many people's radars, but you find yourself actually having a good bit of them?
0: Yeah. I mean, I actually like all those guys. I think Isaiah McKenzie, if you like Gabe Davis, don't not like Isaiah McKenzie. He's just much cheaper and much less spoken about. But, you know, that has a lot of upside there. You know, if you want to look at um, Nico Collins, really what you're going to look at is – the potential for a lot of volume and if nico collins does anything out of where he's being drafted in the round range you are profiting buku bucks it's like it's free 99 and so i'm looking again around and i'm thinking at that round range maybe Devonte parker who's probably the wr1 in name in new england mm-hmm. but you're not that excited about it but it's but like you have to somewhat get excited about those types of players also it's it's not as far down it's not free But like Russell Gage has been highly disrespected. So there's a bunch of these receivers that you're at like the 50 plus ranking range at at WR and like, okay, I could take a share of Sky Moore, look sexy, but I think I'd rather have Russell Gage. Just saying.
1: You're right, and, and well, and you know why he's taking the giant hit. He's taking a giant hit for three reasons: one, he's been hurt; two, Chris Godwin missed the pup; and three, Julio Jones. So it's like it's, it's like you know, I can understand some of his fall, but he has like I mean, he's had like a third, what, like thirty spot fall on in ADP the last uh, the last six weeks on underdogs. So maybe people are getting a little bit over their skis about that guy for sure. Uh, again, he is, he is uh, at real talk. Raf on Twitter, our, our boy, Raf from Roto baller, find all of his content over at uh, rotoballer.com. And uh, on Sirius XM in the mornings, uh, all the time, man, you can just check the channel listings to find rap roster. Watch nation needs to mobilize. unite. go follow our boy at real talk. Raf on Twitter. All right, Raf, thanks so much for coming on brother. I, I'm going to have two questions awesome, for you here at the very end. Um, okay. Who's one player who you're absolutely sure is going way too late in drafts right now? Somebody who you say, like, I'm positive this player is going too late and the people who draft him are going to profit because everybody's just being such a donkey that they're letting this guy slip and slip and slip and slip. And and I'm going to make my money with this player. Who is it?
0: I don't want to be overly redundant. It's Devin Singletary for me. And (laughs) it's also probably Brian Robinson. I mean, they're just like people aren't quick enough to adjust on some of these things. Like Brian Robinson right now to me, he was like a 13th rounder. I'm willing to take him inside the 10th. I'm telling you guys right now, like just don't sleep on this stuff. He's going to score touchdowns this year. I promise you.
1: Okay. So you're buying into like, do you think Antonio Gibson's dead? You just think he's He's toast. Okay. He's toast okay. on us. All right. All right. So, but but all right. But that can't be your answer for this for this second one, unless it, unless, it, unless it unless it really is. Then it then it then it can be. Um, the one player who you should who, who you are sure is going to bust. He's going way 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 too high. If you take him, you're just toast.
0: It's hard for me to say like bust because like if we contextualize what bust is, let's just say the player who I don't think is going to return round value right now. No no, no 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 no
1: no 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 not the one you think. The one you know. The one I know is unfortunately,
0: <laughs> ready for it, kids? You ready for it? Travis Etienne Jr. Sorry, not really my guy. And there's a lot of reasons, and I
1: bet you he's your guy. <laughs> the way you're he's, kind of, he's a little bit of my guy, but I'm certainly very aware of, of the concerns that, that, that you probably have, but I would like to hear what they are.
0: By the way, I equally think JK Dobbins will be a bust as well, which I hope I'm not offending you, but if I had to choose one, I I'd, I'd be more vehemently against JK Dobbins. I just haven't Both of these guys have to me two problems. First of all, JK Dobbins is not the number 1 RB on his team. And second of all, Travis Etienne is a lightweight, and I don't believe he's an opportunity share guy that's going to eclipse 60-70% where you can truly get a full workhorse profile on him. So when you're looking at him at RB 18, 19, 16, 15, I mean, okay, Saquon's uh, average draft position went too crazy for me too, but he's not going to be a bust. But like, Travis Etienne is attached to an awful quarterback and a system that hasn't proven diddly squat, and I'm just not sure how people are quick to put him at RB two and just say we're done. It's all it's all signed, sealed, and delivered. It's tough for me, man.